the grades are in, and despite the lack of star power, Vandy did great in the transfer portal. Let's get it. You are Locked On Vandy, your daily podcast on the Vanderbilt Commodores, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the Locked On Vandy Podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Corey Burton. Thanks for making Locked On Vandy your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube as a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. New customers, join today and you'll get $200 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get started. So, set it in the cold open. And I mean it. We're going to grade the transfer portal stuff. We're going to do the early grades. This is more like, this is not a semester report card. This is more like a progress report. This is more like a, this is how we're doing so far because you have to get through the hurdle of spring practice fall camp and then the final final grades are after the season we'll know if they go bowling or not so given that i thought vandy did great in the portal so far and there's another window that's going to open so they've got they've got a chance to add even more pieces there uh, but they they lost some power power five stars um the receiving core uh, Dericky Wright, you know, all three quarterbacks, you know, it just the way it looked when when you had all those exits was bad. Ethan Barr going, uh, but can't come to find out he couldn't make up his mind. He went from Washington now to Central Florida. But um, despite losing all of that, I, I thought the position that Vandy is in. Okay, now you have to grade this. In relative terms, this is not a catch-all thing because, like, you can't grade on the same scale as like an Alabama or Georgia or an LSU or a Texas or you know a USC. You know, you can't grade on that same scale because of the situation. Vandy, let's let's go through the tail of the tape. Vandy's coming off a two and ten season, okay, and coming off a two and ten season that's never easy, and you have an offense that was in complete disarray, probably one of the worst offensive coordinators in Vanderbilt football in a long time. And that's hard for me to say, cause I'm a coach and, you know, I usually have compassion for the coaches and I usually, you know, understand kind of what they're going through and the strife they're going through and how difficult that job is. But at the same time, got to call a spade a spade in this scenario. It just didn't work out. He's not a bad coach. I just don't think he was ready for the situation that he was put in. You're in a talent disadvantage in the best conference in all of college football. And it's a tough gig for anybody. But if you're somebody that who doesn't know the landscape and who doesn't know what you have, that's a tough gig. So I understand. But nonetheless, it was... It was a mess, and judging from all the offensive departures, it was a mess. And and honestly, Clark Lee is to be at fault here. He hired, you know, Joey Lynch, and and that's, you know, and and that's on him, and he knows that, and he and he made the change. But it was, 
you know, I, I think some of those players are fed up. So, I, and some of them wanted different opportunities. Some of them got NIL opportunities. And, you know, the same thing on the defensive side of the ball. I just think he, he made two bad, really bad uh, coordinator hires and it just didn't go well for him. So, um, but I think for him to be able to get some of the pieces that he's gotten, I, I, I think he had to kind of think outside the box a little bit and, and kind of not try to go after the huge star power because like Vanderbilt at this current time, I hate to say this is not an overly attractive place for coaches or players. And I, I, I think for him, all the changes that he made, you know, they were relatively quiet. Uh, they, they, their only transfer additions early on were defensive guys because Clark Lee made the decision early that he was going to take over defensive play calling. And I think you saw a surge of guys coming, coming in that were like, Oh, okay. Like this is, this is not a bad situation. So, but he, you know, in order to grade this thing effectively, in order to see that Vanderbilt actually did a really good job, you have to understand the factors that go around this because like everything I just, everything I just mentioned is going against Vanderbilt. And yes, you get dinged for losing all that talent. And yes, it's on Clark Lee for not retaining that talent. But in a transient world of college football, that's going to happen, right? You're going to have a lot of portal movement. Everybody has portal movement. Georgia, two-time national champion, has a lot of portal movement. Bama just lost a slew of players in the in the portal. Now they got five stars behind them. They're a little bit different, but um, you know everybody takes big losses in the portal. So what Vandy and I applaud this this uh, and, and Clark and maybe Clark Lee is learning. This is this is another step of why I think he's learning uh, because he's now thinking outside the box. Like okay, we can't do something cookie cutter conventional like everybody else in the conference is doing offensively. So I'm going to go hire Tim Beck from New Mexico state. All right. Well, this team has a recipe of success on the road at Auburn. They must know something. Well, I'm going to go get their entire staff basically, which is kind of hilarious all, all in the same token, but like Jerry kills a phenomenal head coach and he'd still be a head coach and he'd be a major power five head coach right now. If it weren't for seizures and his health problems. And, and that's unfortunate because he's, like I said, he's got such immense talent as a uh, as a coach. He was with TCU when they made their national title run, and it just everywhere he goes, he's a winner. And he was in the same role at TCU that he is in now at Vanderbilt. Not saying Vanderbilt is going to be a national championship appearance, um, but um, they are certainly going to be much much improved because I, I think the whole operation just suffered and was just bogged down and just it, it was just it was bad last year and I, I think Clark Lee just kind of he couldn't he couldn't stop the momentum and so with that there's going to be collateral damage so in thinking outside the box things you have to do as a struggling power five program uh, you have to look at FCS and you have to say okay who are some of the stars that are entering the the the, the portal that we can pick off well, we have a need at cornerback, so we're going to get all Big Sky Conference uh, first teamer Marlon Jones. Okay, that was a that was a big get for Vanderbilt because like he probably could have gone elsewhere. He probably could have gone to one of those West Coast schools and been just perfectly fine. Like he he would have been good out there, but he chose to come to Vanderbilt. 
because he knows that Clark Lee has a really good plan for him at the cornerback position, and he's going to be a factor. He saw an opportunity. Hey, I'm an FCS guy. I'm going to get into the SEC, put some good film uh, out there for the scouts, and give myself a chance for the NFL. He saw that opportunity and went for it. And Vanderbilt said, okay, look, this is what we're going to have to do. It, we're going to get guys that we can that fit our system, that fit us. Like We've got to think differently. We can't go after star power. It's it's in a way, it's kind of like the money ball stuff that uh, Billy Bean was doing out in Oakland. Like you're getting guys that fit what you do versus just going out and say, okay, you're the best at this position. We're going to go get you. Like Vanderbilt's not in that position. All right. They're just not. So they got to get scheme guys, scheme fit guys, culture fit guys. Uh, so, so that's good. Um, they went right down the road to, to Murfreesboro, Zalen Wood. Um, they got him. Like, you know, he, he was. He was a, a player just trying to like break out and make a name for himself. Couldn't quite do it. Um, injuries, things like that. Um, was starting to become a star. He was. He became the captain. He became first team. He was first or second team all conference, if I remember correctly. Um, he's a. He's he wreaks havoc there. He's a guy that like is still under the radar, and he performed it really well at MTSU. But nobody knew about it because it was at MTSU and. They were just kind of a middling, uh, mediocre program. But get him in the boat. Uh, you go get um, you go get the two quarterbacks from Tim Beck's system. Like, what two perfect guys to run than the guy who just won 10 games in your offensive coordinator system at a place like New Mexico State? Yeah, I'll sign up for that. All right, then you go get – then you find potential guys. Like – you go get you go get uh, Colby Taylor from Wyoming, big six four corner. He's got some raw, he's got some raw skills. Like he needs to be refined. But like, holy cow, man! Like you can't coach six four. That's a lot of length out there at corner. And when you're playing s- certain zone packages and certain coverages, like he'll come in handy a little bit, and he'll come in handy in the slot. Some he can cover some of the bigger guys. Um, he can cover some ground in the middle. Like they'll find a role for for him um, at six four. They probably should, but that you know he's probably a little bit more raw than than most of the other people. So he's got to work out some of that stuff. Then you look at the receivers, right? What impresses me about that is you have these receivers like Jeremiah Dillon, uh, Stephen Willis from Locked On Ole Miss described him as smooth. He's fast, skilled. He's a high ceiling guy. Um, he, he's a guy that, you know, you, you go to some of these programs and you get like the fourth or fifth guy on the depth chart in a loaded wide receiver room for a well-respected program. Like he wants to be a star and he wants to prove that he can play in this league. So why not come to Vanderbilt? Like you're going to be the You have a chance to be the dude. All right. Vandy had three dudes. Jaden McGowan, Will Shepard and London Humphreys. All three are gone. Who's left? Well, it's going to be somebody new. Why not Jeremiah Dillon? Uh, Loic Fungi, uh, he's insanely athletic, pretty skilled. He he was productive, uh, but had some injuries. Like you, you, you get some guys that are like that were a little bit banged up. That's good, right? You, you you've got some guys that you know freshman All American uh, that just you know overshadowed because of injury. Like potential stars. Like you got to take some risk, man. Uh, you got to take some risk. And so, um, 
at the end of the day, I think they did really well. But you know, you had um, you know your your quarterback uh, Nate Johnson, Randon Fontenet, and uh, Mirko, the the punter. He had uh, they all had better offers too. Some of them, and they chose Vanderbilt. So, what's that say about your program and, and, and the direction of your program? I'd say it's going up. So, um, take that for what it's worth. I, I think the strategy was really, really good. Um, and, and I think this is part of the reason why I think they're going to be a, little, a lot more successful uh, than, than, than they were a year ago and even two years ago because I, I think finding these guys and, and I think you're going to find the right fit because like these guys want to be here. They've got something to prove. And some of them, you know, they see – the potential, right? These guys have really high BS meters. They can they can sniff that stuff out pretty easily. And if you're full of it, they know it. And it, it seems like that they know that they have a chance to come in and, and do something and make something. And then this freshman class, they signed a really good recruiting class, um, probably the best uh, since Clark Lee's been here. And uh, so th- they're improving it in, in that way. They've already got a bunch of offers out for some notable 2025 guys that I've been kind of mentioning. Uh, there's one here in particular that we're going to talk about here in just a second. Uh, big in-state target. So things are things are looking up, and I know it doesn't seem that way because you know they're two and ten, same old Vandy. the The basketball stink is kind of overshadowing everything. It's like the skunk on the side of the road that you know is not going to be impactful in about two miles, uh, but it's right now stinking up the joint. So. It, 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 if, if you kind of just wade through it, there is some good things on the other side. And I really applaud Clark Lee for a lot, for all of the steps that he's taken this offseason. I, I, I truly believe that it can work out wholeheartedly believe that it can work out. If he didn't, if he didn't sign Nate Johnson, if he didn't sign rent, Randon Fontenet, if he didn't hire who he hired, if he didn't make some of the moves that he's made, I would say that he's insecure and he's worried about his job. He just wants he just wants to improve. So, anyway, when we come back, we'll talk about uh, an in-state running back who visited, left very impressed. Do we have a chance, Adam? That remains to be seen. We'll check it out. All right, this episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Happy Super Bowl to all of those who celebrate from FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Chiefs, 49ers. Leave in the comments who you got. Are you are you team? Are you team? Uh, are you a Swifty or are you a Niner? So if you're like me, though, Super Bowl Sunday is all about scoring the best seat on the couch, grabbing your favorite football snacks, and placing some super bets. I love the appetizers. Like there's nothing like getting a plate full of buffalo chicken dip, cr- uh, pizza crescent rolls, and all the all the other. I, I, there's not really many Super Bowls food that that goes that that swings and misses for me uh the commercials are great like i'm glued the entire time the halftime show is going to be really good this year with usher i really like that Uh, i really like betting too i I like betting um i like betting the spread i like taking the over under i like doing all the, the common ones but i also really like doing the anytime touchdowns i really like those uh those are a lot of fun so the FanDuel has so many ways for you to end your season with a W or two or three. But not only can you bet on who will win Super Bowl 58, but FanDuel also has bets for 
anytime touchdown. So which players will score a touchdown, how many points will be scored, and so much more. There's so many prop bets out there that are fun. Uh, so new customers, join today, and you'll get $200 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. Just visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to sign up. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports book partner of the NFL. All right, welcome back. Segment number two. Um, I just talked about the transfer portal. I just talked about how um, – I don't know if I ever officially gave my letter grade, but I, I think it's B+. plus Because I think you still need to add uh, some, some big guys up front. I still think you're lacking a little bit there. Um, but I think overall for what they got is really, really good. And I think it'll be really good fits. So um, – we turn our we turn our horizons to uh, 2025. Um, Fandy had their first junior day, and there was a guy. There was a lot of guys, but there was a guy that visited. He is uh, he is a top in state target. Uh, his name is Shakai Mills Knight. He's t- uh, he had 1,200 all-purpose yards during his junior season at, at state runner-up Chattanooga Baylor. All right, he is. Uh, he's got a lot of Power Five interest now. Um, plays a very important position. Um, big, big guy, six two, two ten, big bruiser. Um, he he just got an offer. Uh, he's teammates of Whit Must Champ, so you know there's going to be a little bit of hey hey Vanderbilt Vanderbilt. There's gonna be a lot of poking, right? Um, but he uh, he was here for Junior Day and. Uh, you know, honestly, uh, you know, Coach GML, uh, Golly Muhammad Langford, Coach Langford, um, he was he, – he, he comes in, man, with a bang. And uh, he's and Shakai Mills Knight, and this is according to VandySports.com, uh, the coaches showed straight love. I got to learn about how they get down at Vandy and what they're all about, which was a good thing. Um, he uh, – his impressions of Coach GML – He's real. I only met him yesterday. He kept everything real. He's a good dude, and I could tell he's a great coach. Um, but uh, what Shakai Mills Knight would bring is, is, is a guy that has a, a nice combo of size and 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 uh, and running ability. Uh, the 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 yaks, uh, the yards after contact, man, uh, are are really important. He's kind of that like just hammer that that you need in this league. So. Um, I'm excited about that. Um, it's it just, uh, you know, you know, the whole education thing, he, you know, he was impressed by that. And, uh, you know, I, I think, I think there's a real chance, but, um, uh, he has offers from Ole Miss, South Carolina, Tennessee, and Cincinnati as well. Um, so we'll see kind of how that goes, but, uh, having his teammates here being, uh, being right down the road from Vanderbilt, I think will be a huge, uh, I think will be a bonus. And and if you if we can uh, if Vanderbilt can can pull him that would be that would be tremendous. But man, just the way he plays, I'll, I'll do an extended breakdown. If um, th- this guy's impressive, man. Like I said, his size just jumps out at you, man. He just he just bulldozes, man. Um, he just bulldozes, and it's really really good. And and he's he's got some good explosion too. Once he, you know, for being six two two ten. 
he's got a lot of shiftiness, got a lot of explosion. And when he when he finds a crease, man, and he explodes through it. That's all she wrote, man. He's actually a home run hitter. He scored some big long touchdowns, uh, a couple of notables against uh, against McCauley. And uh, you know he can he can he can flat out go, man. And he he's the type of running back that I think would make Vanderbilt a viable team and, and a team that can improve even even more. So um, excited to have him. Hopefully, um, hope he enjoyed his junior day. Just know, Shakai, um, that the education of Vanderbilt's top notch. Um, you'll get a chance to play right away, and um, got a really good coach there. So uh, that that's going to be uh, that's going to be good for him. And, and I, you know, I hope you know he'll he'll make the best decision for himself. So you know, it, it'll be it'll all work out the way it's supposed to. But anyway, he left impressed. So that that's a good sign. All right, uh, when we come back, we're going to wrap up the show. We're going to talk about R.J. Austin. We're going to jump back to a little bit of Vanderbilt baseball, a little Vandy boys. All right, so R.J. Austin, a Swiss Army knife? We'll talk about it. All right, we are also brought to you by Jace Medical. So we know you come to sports to escape from some of the crazy realities of real life. But can we just talk for a minute about preparing for real life? According to the FDA, pharmacies are running out of antibiotics like amoxicillin, right in the middle of the worst flu season in over a decade. This is scary. I can't imagine a more helpless feeling than if a significant other or sibling or child got sick while a supply chain issue kept them from life-saving medical or medication they needed. Thankfully, they'll be okay because of Jace Medical. The Jace case is a pack of five different antibiotics to treat a long list of bacterial illnesses, including UTIs, respiratory infections, sinusitis, skin infections, among others. This stuff can happen to any of us. So visit jacemedical.com and complete your physician encounter. It will be reviewed by a board-certified physician, and your medications will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. It's never been more important to be prepared than today. Go to jacemedical.com and use offer code LOCKEDON to get $20 off of your order. All right, let's finish this thing out, man. Uh, I want to thank you guys for, for listening to the Locked on Vandy podcast. Thank you to my everydayers, Kurt Page, Michael Specks, uh, Scotty Derrick, amongst others. Um, thank you guys for making all of this possible. Follow the show on social media at Locked on Vandy on X and Instagram. Um, every time I talk Vandy Boys baseball, I learn something new every single day. Um, I'm fairly new to the to the baseball breakdown, so uh, bear with me a little bit. Some of the things I talk about may come off as, you know, this is set in stone, this is the way, but it's not. These are all possibilities, and as a coach, I know that nothing is set in stone. I just know that when I talked about the infield, infield newcomers uh, on yesterday's episode, they will make an impact in some way or another. At some point, Holcomb is going to start at third base. At some point, Austin Fort is going to play and start at third base or at first base. It's going to happen, right? Um, Jaden Davis may or may not play some shortstop. He'll probably get some DH, but he'll probably play a little shortstop. But he'll, he he may factor in at DH as well. Like th- there's some things, there's some there's some decisions that Tim Corbin's going to have to make as far as like where he puts people. One of those decisions is RJ Austin. Now, R.J. Austin 
was uh, as a freshman last year. He he had a pretty pretty nice little season. Uh, he was two. He was a two fifty seven hitter uh, and hitting seven home runs. Right. Um, he, he, these are flashes. Now at times he struggled as a freshman, but you know I, I think he was being played a little bit of everywhere, and so I, I think sometimes he just I, even though he was in the lineup most days. I just don't feel like he felt. I just don't feel like he could get himself into a groove, you know. And uh, I think it's one of those uh, one of those things that it just as a freshman you're you're adjusting the college ball and I don't know all of that stuff. But you know, I think he's made some strides this fall, and I think he's somebody that that could factor in this lineup somehow, some way. Um, Tim Corbin loves him in terms. He just calls him an all around baseball player. Um, he loves his potential in the infield, but again, uh, RJ Austin could make an impact in the outfield as well. So there's some spots up for grabs in the outfield. I, I think in the infield, there's I, honestly, I, I think there's some things out there. Um, the lineup in the infield is fairly set uh, for the most part. Uh, you're going to have, uh, you know, you're going to have uh, Diaz. You're going to have. Uh, Davis Diaz at third, Jonathan Vastein at shortstop. Uh, Cozeal's probably coming in as a freshman playing second base, so he'll compete probably there. Uh, Malinado and Austin Fort battling out at first base. Then you have uh, you have Holcomb that's going to come in as a freshman, and he is uh, he's going to factor in somewhere. And he's going to be kind of like a utility guy as well. Um, but RJ Austin right now, uh, according to Baseball America, is projected to play in the outfield with Jacob Humphrey, a transfer from uh, University of Massachusetts Lowell, and uh, Troy Lenevi. Troy Lenevi. Lenevi. These names, man, they, they kick my butt. All right, I'll get these names. All right. I have a hard time pronouncing names. Everyone knows that. So RJ Austin, man, uh, you know, it, it's important for somebody like that to be versatile. And in baseball, you don't get that a lot because you get a lot of specialization in, in baseball, which um, the the true Swiss Army knife doesn't exist very much. And Vanderbilt has two of them. They have uh, they have Braden Holcomb and they have RJ Austin. Now, R.J. Austin, even though he'll probably major in the outfield, let's say you get a couple injuries. Let's say let's say you have a midweek game against Furman and you want to rest some guys, right? I don't know if they actually play Furman, but um, let's let's say that they let's say they have a midweek single game and and you just you just need to rest a few guys and you know you want to get you know you want to get Austin in at bat or you want to see what he looks like at let's say first base. We just throw him in there and say, "Okay, here you go." Like he's that versatile of a player, and that—that's what I like about him. And so he is—he's uh, going to add a lot to this lineup. He's going to add a lot of pop to this lineup. Some steals. Um, he just, uh, again, an all-around good player defensively. I—I I think he's—he's he's a key contributor. Um, and um, you know, I, I think he's—I think he's somebody. I. I I honestly think he's the favorite to play in center field, which is a very coveted position. He should be very excited about that. So um, another another position I'm looking forward to is the closer position. 
And this one's going to be interesting. Okay, the closer, the closer role. It's going to come down to um, a bunch of a bunch of different people. Okay, um, I think it's going to come down to uh, you know you're you're looking at Ethan McIlvain, Bryce Cunningham, and Sawyer Hawks. I I think are guys that are honestly I think are going to end up in the bullpen. Um, and I think McIlvain, he's got to develop some some other pitches. But like I, I think he's somebody that can start out in the in the bullpen. Uh, Cunningham is somebody that could could get some innings uh, there as well. Um, you know, projected weekend line, weekend rotation: Grayson Carter, Carter Holton, and Devin Futrell uh, are guys that they're going to factor in your key relievers: Ethan McIlvain, Bryce Cunningham, and Sawyer Hawks, uh, the transfer from Air Force. But you know, it's it's going to be. Um, you know Nick Malinado, um, You know he's uh, he's gone, so you got to replace him. That's going to be uh, you know I have Andrew Dukanich. Um, he's the top player um, in the uh, 2022 prep class. Uh, he's he's back and healthy, so he's got to factor in somewhere. Whether whether he's somebody that starts out as a as a as a weekday starter and kind of works himself into the rotation based on how the season plays out because it's a long season. There's a lot of answers to be uh, to be had here. Uh, Coastal Carolina transfer Levi Huseman, um, he's ready to step in as well. He had some good innings and some scrimmage work this past weekend. So there's a lot to be sorted out at the pitcher position at the pitching uh, on the pitching staff. <laughs> That's what you call them, the pitching staff. Uh, the bullpen is going to be kind of fun to kind of figure out the, the, the battle for closer. It's going to be an interesting one coming, and and it's again, it may be it may be something that you don't see a true closer, a true consistent closer, through like the early non-conference slate. You know, you'll you'll see, you know, you, you may see in like back-to-back series where they try four different closers, and they try different combinations of bullpen guys. See who wants to be a seventh, eighth, and ninth inning guy. Who's going to be your long relief? Like who's going to be your spot starters that? Like let's say, let's say the unthinkable happens and Carter Holton just gets absolutely shelled, and he only pitches two thirds of an inning. Well, who's coming in? Is it is it Andrew Ginther? Um, is it Cunningham? Is it some of these guys that competed for starting roles but like end up being relievers, but not closers, but just kind of being middle middle relief guys and spot starters with with injury or you know long relief guys who end up getting starter type innings and pitch counts uh, because, you know, the starter gets shelled or walks a whole bunch of people. Cause I've seen that happen in college baseball. There's a lot, there's a lot to be said about that. And to have the depth that Vanderbilt has on the pitching staff is incredible. And, and so it's a good problem to have uh, to kind of figure out what to do with all these guys. And uh, I think Vanderbilt will seem, will stand to benefit from that. So uh, when we see you tomorrow, uh, we're going to talk more about you know how some of these portal guys and how some of these um, we're going to take a look at how some of these portal guys will will factor in. We'll we'll focus in on the wide receivers. So Dylan and, and Foundy, how they how they integrate into the uh, existing wide receiver room, how the freshman receivers factor in. We'll take a look at that. Uh, we'll take a look at some of the other things as well around this football program. We'll talk a little basketball, and then also. Um, you know, we'll continue on with some baseball stuff, and we'll we'll kind of we'll kind of pick this team apart a little bit, and just kind of tell you what positions 
will factor in how and uh, how Vanderbilt can win the SEC and how they can repeat as SEC champions and now make that push back out of the regionals towards towards Omaha. But um, that's all in the future. That's all this week. Uh, but as for tonight, we're done. And we'll see you back here tomorrow. And as always, anchor down. Goodbye.